This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Good Hi, evening. Yeah, we went at the same time. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. Very well in we, tune. We have no planning at all. <laughs> no, we do. We know what we're talking about first. We've got that far. We we, we got that far in the last half hour that we've been sitting here discussing. Yeah, we discussed it in like well, the last 30 seconds. Yeah, this is a study in... Literacy? Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting so much better at that. <laughs> uh, this coming from uh, me who just Googled how to say catastrophizing. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that was a longer discussion on how to say that than it yeah. was on what we should talk about first. It's great too because uh, working that out is t- technically to do with literacy. It totally I, is. I, everyone sort of, with definitions, I assumed that I knew what it meant, but I didn't know the actual, you know, uh, specific definition. You know, literacy, I think of books and writing and stuff, but literacy is uh, specifically the ability to read and write. Oh, I like it. I just assumed literacy was anything to do with something that had been written that you can then read, or that's, someone can then read. Yeah, that's what that's what I've been considering this show to be the whole time. It's mm. just anything to do with the written word. Yes, <laughs> whether it is in song format or book format or plays or whatever. Yeah. Or poems. And so speaking of books... Oh, yeah, so we talked about the Turn Up the Heat adult reading challenge that the Hastings District Libraries are running mm-hmm. last week. I managed to be the lucky winner of a week five prize. <laughs> I was so excited when I got the email. Um, so Luke doesn't actually know what I won. I just have this fancy little envelope She here. opened it before coming in and I'm really upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, like, when they gave it to me and they said, oh, it's not a hamper. You must have won something really good. I was like, I'm not going to open it. I'm not going to open it. <laughs> got to my car and I was like, yeah, nah, this is being opened. <laughs> um, Do you want to guess what it is? I'm going to say probably like a gift voucher of some sort for Whitcools. Wadini Burks. Oh, for Havelock North. It's for either Havelock or Napier. Okay. So I like it. They're w- like my favourite bookshop anyway. Okay. Not sponsored, by the way. Yeah, totally not sponsored. <laughs> yet? Yet? Question not, mark? Yeah, you never know. And we are going to talk to Lou from Wadini Books at some point that would be in really September cool. or October. Mm. So, yeah. $30 for me to spend. Ooh. So reading a book got me money to buy another book. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can then read for the yes, Turn Up the Heat Challenge. I can, although it ends next week is the last okay. week. Do you reckon you're going to win the Black Barn prize as well? Oh, I don't know. I have to finish this book that I brought in that I'm reading now yes. and then I've entered enough times to do so, it. So which book is this that you've brought in? Right, it's very, so- very cool. It looks like a like an old, I was about to say leather bound, but it's not, but it has that oh. sort of old style to it. It is it's old enough that it doesn't have a printing date in it. That's That was going to be my next question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've looked really hard. So it's my new favourite book for two reasons. One, it's just, I love the story. It's written amazingly. And Mm. two, because it's got a dedication to my popper in it, Mm. which is my dad's dad. And I love it. And I mean, no one in the family knows who Jack, June and Rex are. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming he had it before he had kids because the kids don't know who they are. Uh, The kids don't know who they are. (laughs) Who am I? No. (laughs) Where did I come from? Bad word of language there. Bad Bad. bad sentence. (laughs) Father, help. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, But it's the Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Written back in like the mid 1800s and yet. It doesn't feel like it was written. When you're reading it, you're like, oh, it could have been written last year. Oh, so the language is very, I hesitate to say modern, because if it was written in the 1800s. I wouldn't say it's modern, but it's definitely not 
written like old English. Like when I've tried okay. reading Jane Austen, it's like such a struggle. Right. Because it's okay. written old. Okay. But this isn't. There's a few things I've had to Google, but that's mostly types of outfits that are in French. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. And yeah. it's a French word. I want um, uh, one of the things that I do in my uh, tabletop games, a Chatelaine. Mm. Uh, which is, um, I, I'd seen one before. i just sort of seen one before. And I was like, there's, there's got to be a name for this. And I had to look it up. I quite literally Googled belt slash chain thing that you hang things on. And after about 10 minutes of just going through pages and images and stuff, yeah. I was like, oh, it's called a Chatelaine. And it's something that um, uh, would uh, would be worn by the housewives mm. and they would they would have uh, like thimbles um sauces and uh little jars of like maybe seasonings and stuff just hanging off it and That's such a good idea yeah super cool yeah we should bring those back we should i could oh, to i would so totally cool. rock one of those yeah do we have renaissance fairs We've got medieval fears. Yeah, medi- okay, that's good. I work. have medieval dresses for when I go to medieval. Oh, fears. I'd love to wear a medieval dress. <laughs> I don't have one that would fit you. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to joust, but I'm a girl and I don't oh, think we're allowed. I don't want to do it because it would hurt. <laughs> Again, I, my brain doesn't think that side of things. It just thinks fun on a horse. That I, I mean, I hate horses. So right. the first issue is getting me on the horse, then holding this big <laughs> stick that I'm going to aim at someone and be hit. Like, yep. There's a lot of things that are going to go wrong in this scenario, but I still want to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's. I don't want to go bungee jumping. I've uh, been bungee jumping. But jousting do does that. appeal to me more just because I don't know why... Oh, Maybe it's just like fun. I think you'd have a better story to tell. I like the pageantry of it, to be honest, yeah. like all the armor and everything like yeah. that. So anyway, three musketeers. Three musketeers. Um, the only name that I can remember remember <laughs> remember <laughs> is D'Artagnan. He's not actually a musketeer. Oh, he's not. No, Ooh, learning he's, already. He's not in the King's Guard. He's in the one below it because he hasn't proven his worth yet. I see. So Athos, Aramis, and Porthos are the three musketeers. Right. Yeah. So D'Artagnan is like the squire? <laughs> oh, he's, he kind of rocks into town and he makes friends with them and he hangs out with them and he does stuff with them, oh, but he's I not see. officially in Treville's, Treville's squad. Interesting. Yeah, and interestingly enough, in the book, Aramis is not sleeping with the queen, someone else's. <gasps> I, I mean, I got my first education of the Three Musketeers from watching movies and TV shows and yes. whatnot, and it's always Aramis, it's, you know, having an affair with the yep. queen. My first experience was uh, Man in the Iron Mask yep. with John Malkovich, uh, Leonardo mm, DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, and D'Artagnan was like the guy in that. Yeah. He was like the main musketeer. He was the main one. That is when they're older in life, though, so he would have oh, become... Oh, that's a good point. Because this is when he first gets to France, no, to Paris. I see. Okay. So he's well, from Gascon. From, uh, sorry? From Gascon, which is a province. <laughs> I was about to say, what, the muscly place? guy from, <laughs> from no. Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's from home. They just, like, cut him out yeah. and then, like, send him on his way. No ones. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. So, what's the story of the Three Musketeers of this book? So, this is technically it. It came out. There's like an intro to it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It came out as serials in the paper, Ooh. and then everyone liked it so much that Alexander Dumas put them as a book so that you could read them and like all together in okay. order. So it's kind of nice because each chapter is kind of like its own little story. Wow. Occasionally it goes into the next one, but it's got a definite cut-off point because that's okay. where it would have ended in the paper. I see. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it's like it's less of an ongoing story and it's a, it's a collation of all of their adventures. Yeah. 
Um, and it makes so the BBC series Musketeers, mm-hmm. which came out in what two thousand and fifth, two thousand and sixteen was when it ended. Okay, so it would have been three years before that that it started. It kind of makes a lot more sense because every episode you can see it being like a chapter and them going oh, on that I one see. adventure or them coming back from that adventure. So if they're doing it like that, they they are staying pretty true to mm. the original rather than really taking it on they its are. own. And yeah, and for that TV show, it is the start is when D'Artagnan is getting into Paris, Mm -hmm. and then he's got a letter from his dad who knows Treville, and he's like, "Hey, can I join the Musketeers?" And that's where Treville goes. Well, no, you have to prove yourself. You can't right. just become a musketeer. Because the musketeers are these legendary yeah. uh, warriors, fighters. How do they fighters, describe themselves? And how do they how do they behave? So they're called the King's Guard. The King's Guard. They guard the King. Okay, so they're like his bodyguards. Yeah. Wow. Private private security, I, I guess. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> private. They're like when the King goes out, uh, they go with him, or like they check on spies. And, right. You right. Know, so it's quite interesting, though, because in the TV series, that's what happens. D'Artagnan has to prove himself. And ah. it's not till season three that he's actually officially cool. a musketeer. So then it's now the four musketeers, which I guess is why yeah. they called the show Musketeers rather yeah. than the three. Oh, yeah, so I haven't quite finished this. I don't know if he becomes a musketeer Ooh. or not. In the book. In the book. Um, randomly enough, using my grandma and my mum's mum's bookmark. Mm. Yeah, I saw that look quite like quite an old one. Yeah, so it's got a really nice quote. It's just flowers on the front. And mm-hmm. then in the back, my grandma wrote, I love to read, but only on days that end in Y. <laughs> 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 I thought, yep, yeah, no, that's very Oh, fitting. that's wonderful. Yep. Well, there you go, Three Musketeers. Yeah, I would totally recommend it if anyone is looking for a book to read that, you know... Bit of a different story to yeah. what we used to. You might find it at Wardini Books. My, uh, they order in any book. Right. The amount of times I've emailed and it's like, oh, can I have this book? I would like it with this designed cover and can I have it this height no. so it fits on my bookshelf and wow. they will find it. Yeah. I, I'm wait, maybe they should be the ones that I go to to look for um, uh, like the complete works of Lovecraft because those books exist out should, there. You should ask. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I'll take in my measurements and the cover that I mm. need and they... Sometimes it takes a while, yep. but they do tend to track it down yeah, for me. I don't, I'm not looking for like a specific size, but there's this one copy that I see, it pops up online sometimes, and people and people are always, in reference to when they get it, they say, finally found a copy, and I'm like, jeez, how rare are these things? Do you want it all as one book, you know how you can get the, like, the complete works of Shakespeare in one book, or do you That's, want each story as a separate book? That would, that would be kind of neat. Uh, yeah. To have you know all the different spines, yeah. with the different names of the stories, but the copy that I very often see is that it is the complete works of, of Lovecraft um, with the cool design on it, and they've made it. It's stylized to look like uh, like an old tattered Ooh. journal. Really, really cool. Nice. I'd love to be able to get my hands on on it. If you do get your hands on it, you need to bring it in. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Uh, then maybe I'd stop reading from uh, the online um, uh, published work, because so, it's all public domain, so you can find it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, be able to actually read, read it from the book. book. Maybe really immerse people and make, gonna say, and make sure the they can hear the turn of the page. Because yeah. what, what I've been wanting to do for a while, and I've asked about this um, at Hastings Library at least, uh, is for during Halloween. Mm. that I come in and do like an actual live reading Ooh. of some Lovecraft stuff. I would pick very carefully because yes. because of Lovecraft's 
language that he uses sometimes. Yeah, there, there are certain words that does not hurt to omit them. That's right, omit or just be like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are stories uh, that I, I'm not going to be reading by Lovecraft, um, which as, as good as the stories still are, they still have that horror and everything. Um, I think it's Dreams in the Witch House. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> the name of his cat. If you if you're you know if you're okay with googling it, Google what the name of Lovecraft's cat was. It, it's not good. Um, <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> have I told you what it is before? I've forgotten. If I'm you have. I think you've told me. But you don't even forgot. try and guess. It, I don't want that soundbite to exist. No, no I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to guess on air. But if you do want to hear Luke reading some H.P. Lovecraft, mm. go onto the Kidnappers website. Look up Sunday Horrors, and there is podcasts yeah. of them. And I've uh, recently debuted some Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. which has been a huge amount of fun. And interestingly enough, I spell Edgar Allan Poe's name five different ways. <laughs> Only one of them was right. Is it Igda Olin P? <laughs> no, I, I managed to spell Alan different every single time. Yeah, well, that's what threw me when I was Googling him. I was like, why does it keep correcting O? Because it was spelled A double L A N. Yeah. I gave him the girl spelling at one point. A girl spelling? E double L E N. Oh, I see. I mean, this is just writing on my page not actually yeah. putting it on the website. It was, it's all correct on the website. If you look on the website, you'll see five revisions. <laughs> But no, it was it was a lot of fun. Particularly, I've said it to you before a couple of times over the past week. Telltale Heart. Oh my god, that ending! I got I got to be a crazy person for fifteen minutes. Yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah, and then so we put music on the front in the end of it, and at the end, with what the story ends with, with Luke being crazy, and yep. then that music, and I'm just like, oh, shivers. <laughs> <laughs> the beating of his hideous heart. Oh, it was great. It was so much fun to do. That's such a good story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Edgar Allan Poe's stuff is quite neat because one of the things that I learned uh, is that while he may not have originated it, um, he wrote one of, if not the, uh, it seems a little bit dicey online, I don't want to make any uh, statements. Because, you know, the internet always tells the truth. And because, <laughs> and because you never know, there might be an Edgar Allan Poe scholar listening in Ooh. that's like, how could you say? No. Um, and if you are listening, come and talk to us. I'd love yeah, to, I'd I'd love love to, to do more. I'd love to quiz them. Yeah. Um, he wrote a murder mystery. He Ooh. wrote a murder mystery story, which uh, without it, um, Sherlock Holmes may not have existed because apparently um, Arthur Conan Doyle, I was about to say Conan O'Brien, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arthur Conan Doyle uh, apparently took huge inspiration from um, from Edgar Allan Poe's this one story called The Facts of M. Vandermeer, something like that. Uh, Valdemir, I think, or Valdemir. Yeah. And it's a murder mystery. Um, but, you know, in gothic fashion, maybe not horror fashion, but Edgar Allan Poe uh, wrote in a very gothic way, uh, which is why I like The Raven. It's Mm. very, very good. If you go on YouTube, look up um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, The Raven, and listen to the version of it read by Christopher Lee. Oh, that man's voice. That would be a good version. It's amazing. But I I liked reading into uh, what his writing meant. Because that's that's always the thing about you know artists, visual or otherwise. It's all people take different things away from it. Um, so, ha- have you heard the Raven? I've heard snippets of it, okay. but never the full thing. Right. Most people know the Nevermore, um, which is uh, basically a guy has the, this Raven turns up and won't leave him alone, hmm. um, and he um, 
he is lamenting something. I'm not going to go any further than that because I do so after you know nearly 200 years. I th- I think it is worth you know having a listen to, having a yeah. read through, see what you take away from it. Um, but yeah, then there's Annabelle Lee, which mm. is the poem that I read, a, a real like actual rhyming poem. Yeah, I really like it because it has that sort of melancholic, mm. um, sad, morose feeling to it. Mm. While still, there's a little bit of like, what's going on here? No, like you know. Things did not end well. That's right. But you're not quite Some, sure what something ended happened. How. And, be, and because of the way that it's written, um, uh, the I was about to say Poe because obviously isn't well. That's actually something of contention. Some people, some scholars, believe that he was actually writing about uh, you know how people say the one that got away, yeah, or like someone that he lost. Yeah, people speculate as to whether or not he was writing about someone who he lost, and this was his way of. Could be, but we don't know. I kind of like that, though, when the person who wrote something has died and people are lamenting, like, they're like, oh, what does it mean? Who's it about? And no one actually can answer the question. That's right. I find that adds a whole extra level that is good, whereas if he just came out now and he's just like, yeah, nah, I wrote it for the sake of it, <laughs> yeah. it rhymes with something, you know, that was it. Yeah. You'd yeah. just be like, ah. <laughs> Which, it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing because certain things... Um, like I would love to be able to interview H.P. Lovecraft mm-hmm. and be like, yo, dude, what, why do you believe the things that you believe? Because that's, that's pretty messed up, my dude. <laughs> I, there, I mean, there are the old person that I want to go, seriously, is your head really that yeah. messed up that you got this idea yeah. and then wrote that? And it's like, what else is going on in there? And that's, that's the thing that fascinates me about um, like psychology. Mm. Um, Different people think different ways, times change, certain things are acceptable back then that they no longer are now, um, in, in terms of the majority. Um, yes. There are always going to be people, there shouldn't be, but there are, that's just how things work, unfortunately. It's not mm-hmm. nice that it's like that, but it is. Um, that think, you know, in certain ways that uh, make the rest of us go, yikes, yeah, that's a like, yikes from yeah, me, dog. Maybe don't advertise that, <laughs> like... So uh, I asked uh, a few of my friends uh, what kinds of uh, talking points we mm. could have, what sorts of things we could chat about. Yeah. Um, and one person said, what fictional place would you like to live in and why? So in terms mm. of the, uh, obviously in the context of uh, things that we've read and stuff, what sort of uh, literacy have you or literature have you read that you think, you know what, it would be pretty cool to live there. See, my problem with this is that a fair chunk of books I read, there's a, either a war going on or okay. the world is ending because of some plague, <laughs> some apocalyptic event, <laughs> some virus is going around, or there's zombies mm-hmm. on the loose. All the vampires have taken over. All the vampires have taken <laughs> I'm over. I'm not sure I want to live in any of those Worst places. case scenario, the vampires have taken Oh, if I was a vampire, I'd be okay with it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I much prefer the moon to the sun anyway, so I yeah. can happily give up that part. Yep. I mean, with a day or night, I'm inside all the time anyway, so... The only thing <laughs> I think is, like, how do vampires... Like, they can't do their washing and hang out to dry in the sun, can they? And that's the best way to dry your washing. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I did not think this week that we'd be talking about how do vampires do their washing. No, well, I imagine, I mean, a dryer. But they're not the same when they come out of a dryer. But if you're a vampire and you're living that life, I I suppose you could just have to put up with it. Well, you could have a minion that is a human. A minion. (laughs) 
Yeah. A thrall. <laughs> so, well, you're not allowed slaves anymore, so it's got to be a minion. Someone who... Or an intern. An indentured, quote, an indentured servant. Yeah. Someone well, that... You, you could come be my intern. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. That'd be great. Go great on the CV. Yeah. Otherworldly intern. <laughs> All oh, the secrets you would know. The secret. What, what secrets? Surely they've got secrets. They oh, live forever. They, they, they possibly interviewed H.P. Lovecraft. Well, there's like the the. Are they functionally immortal? Are, do they mm. just live really long lives, or can they be killed? Surely everyone's got to be able to be killed. Yeah, like uh, uh, death by trauma. I think is usually the term that's used. Uh. Uh, I. Honestly, see, the way that I see it, we were talking before the show about how you're quite a bit of an optimist. Yeah. I go for very cynical, sceptical, mm. a little bit of pessimistic. I like to call it the realistic approach, personally. Mm, I, I live in my own world. But I don't always come across that way. <laughs> um, and I just look at, like, you say, uh, Yo, you know, living in a vampire world, and I'm just like, we wouldn't be the vampires. <laughs> we would not be the We'd main be characters. The food. We would be the food. <laughs> Although that, that makes me think well, of um, Daybreakers. That was a cool no, thing. No, though, because in some or much of vampire literature, mm. they seem to have a lot of red-headed vampires, so I probably would be a vampire. That's a good point. That's a good counter-argument. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to grow my hair long again because they tend to have long hair. I would hair. definitely be the food. I'd probably yep. feed a, 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 an enclave for like a week. <laughs> mm, either that or you'd die very fast I don't think you'd be a reoccurring character <laughs> nah. See, exactly I wouldn't be a main character I'd be the side character was, uh, Oh yeah, that was Jimmy <laughs> yeah, I always figure in like horror movies I'd be one. Of, I'd be the one that dies And everyone else goes Oh, there's someone after us mm. Like, I'd be that warning right. I wouldn't know what's happening I'd be dead already Okay, so would you be the prologue vampire where it follows for like five pages where you're getting like chased through the sewers by like the vampire hunters and you're desperately trying to get this information yeah, and to... then i'll probably be dead would, would you <laughs> you would be the princess leia of vampires well, princess leia sticks around i think i'd probably die before getting the news to the place it's got to right. be or maybe you have like a like carved in your arm or like yeah. a, a bloody note or something yeah that they find and go mm, we have to find them <laughs> There's more. <laughs> oh, I'm quite proud of that. Princess Leia of Vampires. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would... I don't know. Because much like you, all of the stories that I read are like... They're not that great. No. But, or like, I mean, I don't want to live in the Musketeers time. Like, no. showers and toilets are not a yeah. thing yet. I think that that's something... It, it is a lot of fun to speculate because I'm mm. a creative type. So I do like exploring that sort of thing. Uh, but if to get into the, to deliberately go into the nitty gritty of it, mm. most worlds of a book and story are actually awful when you really get into it. Um, the Dying Earth, mm -hmm. uh, from from us reading, it, it's like whoa, they've got magic and they're they're mm. using their words as wit and they're doing. And I'm just yeah. like, no, that's actually a really awful place to live because you think you know it's all got that sort of medieval yeah. style to it. Um, there's some, you know, there's some cool things, but those are few and far between. Well, when I was younger, I did create my own world. Right. I was queen and court jester because yes. I like entertaining myself, and I'm quite good at it. But the court jester? <laughs> no, the queen. It's two titles. You cannot merge them into one. Okay. And I, it was like massive castle, and I totally decked it out and everything. Mm -hmm. But the complete appeal about the world called Pascal Planet for a reason. Pascal. I like, I like Pascals. Mm -hmm. Yep. So half the world. Now it's called Rainbow Planet, right? <laughs> no, it's still Pascal Planet. Um, half the planet is normal 
temperature and it's got like the bananas and the milk bottles and all of this. And the other yep. half's the frozen part for like the ice creams oh, and the ice blocks and okay. all of those sweets. So yeah, all you ate was junk food. That'd be great. It's amazing. Oh, that's I would so like cool. to move there. If I remember correctly, and I might not be, but I'm fairly sure this is what happened. My sister had an imaginary friend. Oh, yeah. Um, and as far as I can remember is that one day when she was asked, like, where's was like Jennifer or something, she got hit by a car, apparently. <laughs> and wait, wait, like, died hit by a car just, or just, like, really badly injured and can't like, come not out my sister. My sister no, wasn't I know. hit by a car. This is the imaginary friend. <laughs> apparently my sister's friend, by her own mouth, apparently <laughs> my sister's imaginary friend died after getting hit by a car. Or she got hit by a car and her fate is now unknown. You see, I have so many questions to ask your sister. <laughs> First one being, did she push her friend? <laughs> <laughs> Was she just sick of her one day and thought, oh, time for you to go? I'm sick of your... <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I can't... I didn't have an imaginary friend because I had little soldiers and cars and... I had my soft toys. I had little military stuff. Yeah, I had soft toys. I had, I had a little dog called Samuel. Yeah, he was one of those um, brown dogs with like the big floppy ears. Oh yeah. Um, and then I had a bear, which I can't remember its name. I had a little, little tiny stuffed dog that when you squeeze its belly, it goes Beep! makes a <laughs> makes a squeak. Doesn't sound like that. That would be that would be horrifying. So like, hey, hey, Timmy, I've got you a new one. It's just my voice going. Eh! <laughs> oh, you need to make this dog. <laughs> And then to make it even better will be one that you can put the ashes in, because like, you can put yeah. your ashes into a teddy bear mm-hmm. and then go, hey, this is your granddad. Oh, and he Jesus. sounds like Luke, like, yeah. <laughs> no, n- my one would be, let me out. <laughs> it's dark in here. <laughs> oh, that would be the best toy in the world. <laughs> traumatize a little kid. That's one way to traumatize, yeah. Uh, but no, I dropped this little toy into Hooker Falls. Uh, little kid over the side. Like, deliberately? Uh, no, no, totally okay. accident, but apparently I wasn't that bothered. My sister, however, was really upset that I had lost my little dog. And uh, I think she was asking my dad, you've got to go down and get it, but it's Hooker Falls. So it's a dam, yeah. and they were about to open the gates. <laughs> so I think no. I went for an adventure. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll find him. He will, he'll tell you a great he'll story. He'll tell me a great story. And about, he won't be rotten and moldy si- and gross. About how my sister pushed him over the railing. Because <laughs> there's no cars around. <laughs> Let nature take its course. Wow. My sister, the, the evil fittest, genius. You know. survival. <laughs> survival of the fittest in yeah. plushy world. Yeah, I mean, my teddy bear's still going. Yeah. He's like 29 and a half. Is that, is that Glenny? That is Glenny. Gotcha. So I maintain I'm not crazy. I never talk to voices in my head. I do talk to my teddy bear. I do fight with him a fair amount. Yes. But, but I you're mean, not crazy. I'm not crazy because, I mean, it, it's him. Like, it's fine. Okay. He, we do occasionally have timeouts where we don't get on. It's just like, okay, no, no. And so he has to go into a different room because, you know, okay. not crazy. I suddenly <laughs> feel a little bit less safe here in the studio. I did lock the door. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... Yeah, in in terms, of, I mean, I guess if I were to live anywhere, I'd probably choose like the dying earth, mm. um, because that culture is. Um, sorry, I'm trying to force us back on you know, track here. I, I get where you're going with this. The culture is it's just do what you want, have fun. It's all very hedonistic. Mm. 
Um, the thing is, though, would you be one of the more important people that does the magic, or would you be one of their lackeys for lack of well, a term? It just does what they're told. Yeah, of course, the the ego side of me says, oh, yeah, definitely, I'd be, you know, one of the, the smart mouth, very intelligent, very powerful people. If not a wizard, then someone like um, in Eyes of the Overworld that I lent you, Kugel, someone who is... A little bit of a scoundrel, very quick-witted, um, gets what he wants, is able to trick people, very good charisma, that sort of thing. Would um, love to be a wizard, that'd be great, because then you've got all these... Want to be fun. You get all these crazy devices, um, because I think I explained it to you, the first time um, I talked about Jack Vance was that it's um, it takes the, I think it's Arthur C. Clarke of any sufficiently... Uh, advanced technologies indistinguishable mm. from magic, which is you probably experienced that mm. uh, in Rialto the Marvelous. Yep. Uh, a lot of times, it, the object is like it's described as like a metallic cylinder. Yeah. And you, as the reader, it's like it's a gun. It's absolutely but, I mean, a gun of some sort. If you think about it, some of the stuff they make with science and computers and stuff. Mm. To me, it kind of is magic. How the hell magic. that all works, yeah. I don't know. Like the, this phone. Like, how does it make noise? Loud stuff. Yeah. And how can it talk? How can my phone send a message to your phone? Like, yeah. I mean, it does it, but where does it go? So There's no wires. We, we know that it goes up into space and then back down to my phone. but Like, instantly. But I don't know the process behind I don't it. know it. And so, yeah, that um, it's Arthur C. Clarke or Isaac Asimov. I think Asimov was the um, uh, the three rules of ro- laws of robotics. And I think... Um, 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 Arthur C. Clarke was um, was the dis- distinguishable from. So yeah, living in that sort of world, like mm. because I wouldn't care. It would be the most carefree existence ever. Because even if you had a terrible life, you're like probably going to die tomorrow because the world's going to blow up. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> that's the theme is that the sun is going red dwarf, which apparently is not actually the the whole way it's portrayed across the dying earth. It shows that Jack Vance had no idea what the sun was going to do when it was <laughs> going to die. Because the way that he writes out that everyone explains or how the sun is going to die, that's not how it's going to die at all. No. That's absolutely incorrect. Um, but it's still, yeah, you know, fantasy worlds. I mean, it worlds. works for his world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it also fits with the world of the understanding of the people, which is there is none. They're like, yeah, it's it's called the sun, and it's a big old red ball in the sky. I mean, the average <laughs> Joe blogs on Earth now would just be like, yeah. it, it does its thing. Big we don't ball. do anything to do with it. It just does its thing. Yeah, big bright ball, make flame go cece. Yeah, I have no idea what the sun's going to do when it dies. <laughs> I know it hurts when I look at it for too long. Yep, but we need it for our vitamin D. Which I absolutely don't do on the regular. <laughs> I don't talk to it either. That would That would be crazy. <laughs> no, I've never talked to the. No, I do talk to the sun. <laughs> Normally, tell it to go away. <laughs> talk to everything. Honestly, okay? I kind of do that when it's a really rainy day. I go, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, if the sun's too bright, I'll be like, just go away. Yeah, yeah. Especially but, if it's been shining for too many days in a row. Whistle at a cloud. Oi, come over here. Yeah. <laughs> Get in front of it. Yep. Um, so we've got uh, we've got other stuff that. Um, Similar. Okay, so I have one other random Ooh, yes, yes, question. Yes. This is not book related at all. It's on oh, talking to things. Sure. So I've asked my friends. They all think this is nuts. Does anyone else thank automatic doors when they open for them? I hate that I 
in truth say yes to this <laughs> not all the time but sometimes i do just as like a little yeah, like it's whimsical not thing usually i do it around other people just to see their reaction oh, i have around other people done the whole top hat tip <laughs> thing just to see what they think yep and like, i just have it You're like, have cheers. you done have you used the force no. Oh, that's a lot if of fun. If I was to ever try that, so not all automatic doors open for me. Right. I'm not quite sure why. Okay. There's a certain set in New Plymouth that I will literally, I'll be standing in front of waving my hand, <laughs> jumping up and down. I need someone from inside the shop to walk towards them so I can go in. And then the they shop. come up and say, we're closed. No, they usually <laughs> just laugh at me because every time I've oh, never been no. able to open them. So you're no one there now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, for not being able to open the automatic doors. It's like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. I've, I've, I've had to do that before. There have been a few places where I'm just like, hello, <laughs> why isn't it working? And then someone else goes by and it opens yeah. for them. Oh, what is it's this like, madness? I mean, this is technology with minds of its own. Yeah, that right. is It's all self-aware. Yeah. The doors will rise up. And they've all got this mutual <laughs> don't open for Jill. Yeah. Sometimes I do, I do the strain thing. Where when the doors are opening, I go, <laughs> like I'm yeah. pushing it with yeah. the force. It's a lot of fun. I do sometimes do the double hand thing like yes. that, and then they open. You're like, Whoa, yep. just mm-hmm. for me. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyone yeah. else? Help. Send help. <laughs> <laughs> so um, similar question to the previous. What fictional character would you want to meet? Oh, there's so many. Oh, Apart wait. from Glennie. No, he's real. <laughs> is it, would you be meeting them in their world or meeting them in Ooh, our world? That's a good question. Well, let's make that a two-parter then. If you were to meet a fictional character in their world with all of the understandings of that world and all the culture of that world, who would it be? I have to think on this one. Would it be the main character from Journingham? No, I didn't like the main character because it's not Journingham. Journingham was way more fun. The main ah. character was a bit of a twat. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christina. Oh, no. you, can't, you can't swear? Oh, heck. <laughs> uh, no, there were moments in Journeying Him where I actually thought, oh, yeah, that serves you right. Good on yep. you. Like, like, I mean, he loses his thumb and everything. Didn't have any empathy. I was just like, he deserve it. And then I was like, oh, I should feel bad for him. Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's what, that shows you that the author has done a really good job of characterising oh, yes, the character. yes. Um, I mean, there's been books that I've read that I've hated the characters so much, I've thrown the book across the room at the end. And then it's like, well, actually, that was good writing. It got such a reaction yeah. out of me. Yeah. And then I ranted solidly for like quarter of an hour. Poor Glennie had to take the brunt. Oh, <laughs> poor Glennie. <laughs> he puts up with a lot. We're, we're starting up an Indiegogo to <laughs> <laughs> hashtag justice for Glennie. <laughs> Uh, well, it would help if he contributed to the bills, but he won't go get a job. It would help. He's he's a moocher. He I'm is sorry. A moocher. I mean, Cleo, my car won't go get a job. I mean, she sits out there all day isn't just doing her, nothing. Isn't her job technically to chauffeur you? Yeah, but in between, when I'm at work for like eight hours, right. she could go off, chauffeur some other people, collect she some could, money, yes. and then come back. That is something that she could realistically she could do. Actually, do I mean that's not beyond her capabilities? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> So anyway, no, person that I would like to meet from a book. I would like to meet, I want to meet the fireman. Mm, from, before he dies. From fireman. From, from well, the don't, fireman. I was going to read that book. I've already told you that he died. Yeah, I, I should have, he burst into flame, right? Well, actually, right? no. It's not <laughs> conclusive because he may have turned into a phoenix. What? 
You need to read <laughs> now the book. No, I really need to read this book. Do you want me to loan it to I you? I thought it was set like the modern world. <laughs> it was like the futuristic world, oh I my guess. God. But in the modern world, that's burning because the pandemic is a People bursting into flame. Yeah, a spore because that happens to be flammable. Yeah. <laughs> it makes people flammable. Well, it spreads through ash. That's why it has to burn people. Yes. As we all know, ash is great yeah. fuel. Not quite sure what Joe Hill was on when he wrote this book, <laughs> by the way. If whatever it was on, I want some. But, I mean, I like the fireman, the main character guy, mm. because he's actually like, he's not a hero. Okay. He just he kind he just, of is minding his own business and just kind of helping people he gets when he gets up in forced it. into it by a couple of little kids that he quite likes. Okay. And he's just like, oh, okay. Damn it. But, he like, he does, I think he wants to help people he just doesn't want to be considered a hero because then they'll expect it of him ah i see but you kind of can see that he he wants to be one he just it's, doesn't want the pressure of it being starts one. to grow yeah, yeah. okay That's and then cool. yeah i mean he ends up saving everybody right wow the four people that matter <laughs> i was about to say what the four people left on earth <laughs> well it turns out that the place that they were staying actually was a cult of weirdos. Oh, okay. And they all kind of, you don't, you don't want them to win towards the end. You're like, no, you guys need to get out. Like, just get out. Right. Yeah, and so he helps all this happen. Okay. And he has an old antique fire truck. Well, they call it antique. It's from, like, the 60s. Mm. And I think that's pretty cool. Cool. Well, that'll be neat. Yeah. Um, just but not in his world. I, don't I was about want to say, to... the problem with that is <laughs> you'll uh, probably burst yeah. into flame. I mean, I catch every bug that's out there, so I don't really yeah. want that Hi, one. it's going to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so I might bring him over to our world, but somehow keep him contained so he doesn't bring the virus with mm, him. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. What about you? Oh... Crikey. Um, well, yeah, like, probably um, actually uh, Turgeon from Dying Earth, mm-hmm. uh, from, the fir- from Tales of the Dying Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a good magician in that world. Yeah. I would be okay with meeting him in his world or our world. Oh, cool. Because he's an outright, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas all of the other magicians in the Dying Earth, yeah the worst because <laughs> like I said the culture is very hedonistic yep. they're very out for themselves very vain mm-hmm. but this guy he's actually explicitly he's not a bad person uh, so yeah I think he'd probably be one of them for the world that I wouldn't mind going to mm. I would be intrigued to go to Lock and Key Ooh, yeah. and be stuck in that mansion okay I mean, I'd probably freak out and just go insane yeah. or whatever, but I would, it would intrigue me. It's like a big, giant, weird-ass puzzle. Yeah. And if, like, if I knew, somehow if I knew that I got out of there, I just had to get through everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd quite enjoy that, I think. That'd be neat. That'd be a good adventure. Yeah, the graphic novel version, people, not the TV show. Yeah, I've got um, access to a Netflix account. Thanks, Alana. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm going to watch it because apparently it's... It's, it's it's like the way that I put it for when I see these sorts of shows is it's fine. My friend <laughs> that's read the graphic novels and watched it said that it just goes a bit too fast okay. in the TV series. So right. there's a few things that they don't explain as well, or I they see. just like skip over. A one bit. of the, one of the first things that I asked um, someone who had seen it, I think it was Alana again, um, because she'd seen it because she's a big fan of uh, Lovecraft's writings and that as well. Um, is that the character who plays the the uh, the antagonist? Um, I can't remember their name. It's yeah, been a while since I've read the, the books. Um, I said, are they at least 
played well is the actor mm. or actress who plays them play them well and she was like yeah they are yeah. and i'm like cool then i'm gonna watch it yeah mark had no other issues as far as i'm aware he didn't tell me if he did right other than that it, it went a bit fast in places mm. and skimmed okay. over some stuff but then in saying that other people that have read it might be like wow the book was too wordy in that place yeah, kind of thing absolutely like, it's a preference it's a novel, but sure <laughs> Yeah, good luck to any graphic novel that manages to be too wordy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that book had too many words in it. What? It had Hold like on. ten. I couldn't follow. <laughs> I can count to three, and then I get to banana. Mm-hmm. Oh, there'd be some good Doctor Seuss words if, you, if Ooh, like yeah. little kid books could count. Yeah, yeah. I would like to go into. I had trouble getting to Solar Saloon. Ooh. All the lorics, all 500 hats of Bartholomew Cubbins. Tell me more. I'm not, f- I'm like not that them. familiar with Dr. Seuss. I love Dr. Seuss. They were the one book when we were kids that Dad would read without changing the words. Because mm. I think all the other books, he kind of got a bit bored. And so every time mm. he read them, the words would be slightly different okay. or he'd be talking from the picture. Dr. Who, you got it word for word and the proper... Mm. You've got to read them out loud. There's a flow to them. Did you say Doctor Who? I did. I meant Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Freudian slip? <laughs> um, it's like late on a Friday. It's, like, it's late. Uh, Come on. It's getting dark outside. My brain's going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I discovered recently that um, um, with, with Dr. Seuss, um, he used to do like propaganda Posters, or he mm. did like political cartoons. Well, some of his books. So if you read the Lorics as a growing up, mm. and it's about climate change. Yeah, and you don't just read like care about or, the running. Or maybe not it's all about cutting down too many environmentalism. trees yeah. and affecting your environment. Yeah. And oh, was it the? the I know the Sneetches is about like trying to be different and being mean to those that don't look like you, right. and how it doesn't actually matter. Oh. Um, that one, whenever I read it now, I'm like, didn't pick up any of this when I was a kid. <gasps> it makes perfect sense. Well, you think maybe you did. Maybe it sunk in and mm. you, did, you never thought about it. But yeah, it was, but it's there. And that's what um, children's books, like particularly Dr. Seuss, I reckon, if, if there's that sort of things in a children's book, his goal was to instill those yes. sorts of things just from a really early age. Uh, there's so many of them. I can't remember the name of one, but one is all about how they, like, build all these roads or something and like it starts polluting mm. everything and it's like you don't really think when you're just looking at the rhyming you don't really think about it yeah but there are messages in almost all of them i think yeah that sounds i mean that sounds like the lyrics again just because mm. of the environmentalism angle yeah uh, i think he was, was quite the, big on that what was it the Wantsler? Um, was the big bad guy, and uh, it was uh, they were called the Wantsler because they were always wanting one more or yeah. something and what thudwick with all thudwick. the things growing in he's a moose with oh, all okay. the stuff growing in his horns, everything trying to catch a ride with him because they wanted to get out of the forest, and then he ah. ends up a bit too overburdened, I guess. Uh-huh. But like, there's a message in that one. I thought as you were well. making a joke there because I was no. like, "What are the birds riding? He's overburdened." Yeah, no, there are birds in there. There's a woodpecker as well, pecking in into his horns. Oh, Woody! Mm. <laughs> Woody <laughs> the woodpecker. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Yeah. I, I can't remember almost any of the children's books that I read. My dad gave me um, a fully fully illustrated um, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Mm. Um, I don't think it's called Winnie the Pooh because I don't think at the time maybe Winnie the Pooh wasn't the character. I think character. it used to be The Adventures of Christopher Robbins, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, 
but this is it's a bunch of nursery rhymes. Mm. There's one of them about being sick. Mm. There's, there's like a little rhyme about you know what you do when you're sick and when you're sneezling and sniffling yep. and snuzzling and snoozling. Like good poems, I think. Yeah. yeah. One of the one of the interesting things that um would be fun to would probably trip a few people up is who illustrated AA uh, the Winnie the Pooh stuff, and I reckon a lot of people wouldn't know who did do it. E. H. Shepherd. Yeah, no, I would have probably said A.A. Milne did it, or that it's an unknown. far as I know, A.A. Milne wrote them, Yeah, but uh, this guy E.H. Shepard, um, or more women, I don't actually know, mm. um, at least with this book that I have, E.H. Uh, e. Shepard was the illustrator, uh, and that I rang a bell for me. I my book when I get home. Yeah. See who did it, but I reckon that I reckon that question would trip a lot of people up. They would go AML, so. and it'll be like, oh, hold on a minute. Yeah, they wrote it. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people that write don't illustrate. Like mm. Joe Hill wrote Lock and Key. He didn't illustrate mm. it. Andy Griffiths uh, wrote the Just series, but Terry Denton illustrated mm. it all. Although I think Andy Griffiths did some, but Terry Denton was like the guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I suppose if you've got a talent in writing, you may not have a talent in yes. Artwork. Um, but yeah, one of the uh, so one of the uh, next things that uh, someone uh, was interested in was stories told via music, mm. because one of the things uh, country does it best. Country does it best. Country do amazing story songs. Okay, I've never been much of a country fan. I don't have much to add to the conversation, unfortunately. In my brain, there are. Uh, three types of country songs mm-hmm. there's the I love you lots country song okay there's the my world sucks someone ran over my dog country song okay and then there's the storytelling country song mm. where the whole song's a story I went riding down the river <laughs> <laughs> on my horse called Dave <laughs> yeah something like that and then the story says what goes on <laughs> well I well this conversation came up uh, because I was talking about a story that I wanted to read for the Sunday Night Horrors mm. um, called uh, The Emptiness, or also known as the Annabelle Trilogy, which might sound familiar because it was, in fact, inspired by the poem by Edgar Allan Poe, Annabelle Ooh. Lee. Nice. Um, by a band called Alisana. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a metal band, so if you're not into that sort of music, <laughs> don't go look up the music. <laughs> but they wrote uh, three albums, uh, one called uh, The Emptiness, the second called A Place Where the Sun is Silent, yep. which is one of the most gorgeous phrases that I've ever heard, mm-hmm. and the third one is called Confessions. Hmm. And the first uh, album in the trilogy, The Emptiness, came with a booklet that had the story of this artist, uh, which made me think of The Telltale Heart, once I'd read it, because he has uh, murdered his beloved. And he's gone insane. And he doesn't know why he did it. He just wakes up uh, with, like, a blade in her chest. And he's like, I've killed her. What have I done? And he's going mad. He's burying the body. And he's being like, they're coming. They're coming to check. And then he goes running away. And it's just this huge, ridiculous, (laughs) absurd story of him going insane. He goes to um, this tavern where he hears everyone having fun. And he's like, if I can't be happy... No one will be. And he goes in, locks the door, and he just murders all of them. And it's so it's so interestingly written because I think it was the first time when I first read it, I was it was probably one of my first experiences with that kind of gothic horror. 
I had never really read anything like it before because I just liked the music. Mm. And that was probably my first experience with story and music because I started to pick up little bits and pieces of um, of story. And I'm like, what's the story here? And then I bought the album one day mm-hmm. and it had the booklet with the story and it sort of opened my eyes like, you can do that? Mm. You can write a story yeah. with music? <laughs> what is yeah. that? Because usually when I was younger, it was just like Backstreet Boys, Britney yeah. Spears... Uh, Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> yeah, see, I grew up with Garth Brooks, amongst other country artists. Garth Brooks, I know and that And they name. do country songs, and they tell stories in their country songs, yep. and it's just awesome. Yeah. Like, some of them are brilliant, and then some of them actually educate, well, they educate me, because I sit there going, wonder if that's a true story. Mm. And so you look it up, and you're like, oh, it kind of is. Okay, and yeah. it's got a little bit of a twist on it? No, so, like, they're... Garth Brooks' one, Bella Woods, is all about how, like, during one of the wars at Christmas, they all, like, both sides kind of had yes. the truth. And then they start singing Silent Nights both sides. Mm. Different language, obviously. Yeah. And, like, I thought, surely, surely they wouldn't have done that. Mm. But then, like, you look it up and it's like, well, they did actually do yeah. that. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was, it was uh, Christmas. And didn't they play, like, a game of football or something? Something like that. Like, in yeah. the story, they're, like, they're in each other's trends, like talking to each other, and then when this clock strikes the midnight, next day, they yeah. go back to fighting. That's it's like right. that seems mean. <laughs> yeah, but at least they had the one day off. I guess the one day off. That's my Sunday. I'm Out of that, because what it was, it was nineteen sixteen to eighteen, nineteen fifteen to fourteen, 18? fourteen to eighteen. Yeah, nineteen fourteen to eighteen. Yeah, that's another uh, question that I want to add into a quiz show. Um, mm-hmm. What names was the First World War known as? Isn't it the Great War? The Great War, and also the war to end all wars. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I've, well, been le- I've been learning a lot about um, history through the band Sabaton. Hmm. They're a heavy metal band who do songs specifically about military history. I like it. And uh, they now have a YouTube channel called mm-hmm. Sabaton History. Ooh. It's not just, it has their music playing sort of like in the background, but they yep. have actual real historians talking about these mm-hmm. different engagements. One of their songs is called Cliffs of Gallipoli. Hmm. So I was really happy that they gave us a little bit of a little little bit bit of of a notice. My wartime history is from, because my brother loves reading mm. about the war. Right. Usually World War II, I think. And every so often he'll give me a book and he'll be like, you'll really like this one. And occasionally I'll be like, dude, no, like, <laughs> come on. And he'll be like, no, no, you'll like this one. You should read this one. And a couple of times I've been like, oh, that was a really good book. And then mm. there was one that I borrowed and I was like, oh, I really want to read this one. He's like, you're not going to like it. And I was like, no, but it looks so interesting. <laughs> I got to like 30 pages and it's like, right. he so knows me. It was crap. Did he, <laughs> did he study history or is he just a history buff? He did study history. Okay. Yeah. He scored better than I did. Right. I studied history because he really liked it. So I was like, you know. Being the younger sister that kind of vaguely idolised her brother. Okay. It's like, oh, he really liked it. I'll do it too. Mm. So boring. <laughs> <laughs> Some... But I, like, I like one of my favourite books about the war was After the Flood, all about oh. the Dambusters. Oh, But it kind of yes. talks about like the before yep. and how they picked the targets and all yep. the training and all of that that they went through. Yep. It's so that book I annoyingly had to give back to my brother after yeah. I'd hoarded it for a while. And he's like, Dad, I want my coffee back. And I was like, mm, There's okay. a book that I've been trying to get hold of for years and I can't find it. Um, maybe it's been a while since I've looked, but I remember when I was looking for it at my grandmother's request, 
a book called The Ship Busters. Hmm. And it was about them. Yep. But <clears throat> according to her, my uncle Gordon Head, uh, who was a pilot in the uh, RAF, um, her brother, uh, he was uh, stationed at Malta during the Siege of Malta. And the ship busters had apparently mentioned him or has like a picture of him and his crew. And I wanted to get hold of the book to show her and be like, look, I found it. it. But I I can't find it. I don't know where it is. So maybe Wardini will be able to find it. Look, if not, they might be able to tell you where to look for it. Yeah. One of the, I think one of the places I might have found it on was like Book Depository, uh, which is like the the global Mm. book place yeah. but they either didn't have it in stock or they were like yeah we've got it listed but we yeah, don't they know have a lot listed but they can't send you them sometimes it's more of a catalog yeah. rather than a uh than a what like a shelf think, <laughs> like digital shelf i think abe's books is the one that has a lot of out of print books on it okay um annoyingly enough one of the graphic novels that i want that's the only place i can buy it and it will cost me $320 for a paperback version. Ooh, crikey. I'm not quite sure I want it that much. Yikes. Like, that's a lot of money. Maybe if that's the next prize that the <laughs> Turn Up the Heat yeah, reading challenge has, this? a $300 <laughs> voucher for any book. <laughs> well, that'd be brilliant. That would be worth more than the main prize. That would be pretty cool. Well, I don't know. Like, what is it? Two hundred dollar voucher at Black Barn. Yeah. Um, and what else? Oh, and it's got it like again. plus vouchers oh, and a hamper of locally sourced That's greatness. The one. I wonder if I'll get another book voucher if I win that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be Sixty dollar awesome. voucher, or maybe it will be thirty dollars at Wardini and thirty dollars at somewhere else. I'd rather have it all at the same place. Mm, that yeah. makes sense because you can combine them. Yeah. Mm, makes sense. I mean, I need to go, obviously, book shopping again, although I need to read some of the books on my to-read shelf before I go book shopping. Uh, I need to read some things on my to-watch um, list because there yeah. are just... I've got a lot on there. But oh, I yeah. like video games. <laughs> I play I, far I too know. many video I games have, to do anything else. I have a bunch of DVDs that are in my to-watch that I haven't watched yet. And mm. I'm like... But like, there's sport to watch, like, all weekend. There's motor racing on today. Last night, my boys, Penrith Panthers, by the way, wait, wait, they won <laughs> nine games in a row. New club record. Welcome to the sports podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I just sat there and I was like, oh, this is a repeat. Oh, but this was a good game. And I'll re-watch it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I should really spend some of the time reading books that I've got yeah. on my two-read shelf, watching something on my two-watch shelf. Right. You know, you do the things you know are going to be good. Mm-hmm. I, I need to read through one of the um, tabletop game books that I helped contribute to. It's huge. <laughs> it's it's like, massive. Seeing the size like of some that, of my brother's volumes for Warhammer. It's so thick. It's ridiculous. Oh, the oh, Warhammer books. God. Don't even get me started. Like, I look at them and it's like, you have to read this because the rules have been updated. And yep. this is just the updates. And yep. it's just like, yeah. And, and like, a new okay. edition has just come out. So yes. he's going to be getting some new books. Um, good on us. We're they look book really nice. They do. So, and they've got some awesome pictures. And I mean, occasionally I'll look through it and say, oh, can you buy this army and buy me this dude yeah. and paint it in this colour? And he's just like, no. Sometimes it's a yes. Yeah. He does. He is painting one lot purple and green for me. Oh, cool. Do you and know I, what army it is? What do they look like? They've got like wavy things out the back of their hat. It's probably the elder. Oh, those no are idea. probably the howling banshees. They I have are, no idea. They are space elves who are redheads, 
So that's mm, pro- that's why I imagine those are probably the ones that he's doing. I'm not sure if it's that one. He does have, I think it's the Space Marines space or his Marines. yellow ones. Uh, the Sisters of Battle. Could be the Space Marines. Uh, no yeah, idea. I think I know who that is. He's got a big yellow army gotcha. anyway. And, I mean, this, I know them by colours mm-hmm, he's got the mm-hmm. blue ones as well. And, yep, you know. I, I know that. <laughs> See, in my brain, I'm like, say the name, you won't know what the hell I'm talking about. But no. we're... We're getting to the end now. We are getting to the end. We should let everyone not have to put up with us anymore. Yeah. Thank you for all putting up with our total chaos. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can tune in again same time next week. And uh, you're going to be okay. Yeah. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. And if you don't want to be crazy, buy a teddy bear, talk to it. Yep. And name it Glennie too. No. (laughs) No, I'm not allowed. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.